So New Year's resolutions, I have, I have some stats for you. I'm normally not too much of a stat guy, but I found this pretty interesting. New Year's resolutions dated back 4,000 years ago to the Babylonians who celebrated their, their first barley harvest. But those resolutions are still prevalent today with 38.5% of U.S. adults setting, resolution, setting resolutions. The top three are health-related. Guess what the number one is? That's, that's in there. Exercise. 48% want to exercise more, making it the most popular New Year's resolution. The other two are healthier, eating healthier, and losing weight. Statistics show January gym membership increased by 12%. It's the highest point of gym membership. People are going to the gym in January. But listen to this. 50% of all new memberships cancel their membership by the end of January. <laughs> Unfortunately, 43% of all people expect to fail before February. And the mind-blowing 23% do so the first week of January. Experts believe one of the biggest reasons for the quick exodus is only 12.5% of new members hire a personal trainer. Also, because the priorities and commitments change and the desire or effort is lost. They go from excitement to excuses, desire to despair. Too much weight for one to carry. For some people, that could be what it's like for us going to the spiritual gym, church. And I think we can make correlation between the two gyms. When we first walk into a regular gym, we feel a little bit out of place. We don't see people that, that um, we know. And people look at us kind of different. When you walk into a church, you generally don't know people unless you've been invited. You feel a little bit different. People look at you a bit different. In a regular gym, you go walk up to a weight, and if you haven't hired a trainer, you just try to fumble and figure out what you're doing. If you don't have Christ in your life, you come in here and you just sit down and see what's next. When you go to a regular gym, you start flexing your muscle and you're around a lot of people that are doing curls. Some people are making god-awful noises while they're lifting weights. When you come to a church, you generally see people that are pretty confident in their faith, sometimes too confident in their faith, that have been attending for a while, and it's a joyous noise, but a lot of people singing. When we're at a gym, one of the most frustrating things is being left out, not being part of, not being part of the atmosphere. One of the hardest things to do in a church is to fit in. They wouldn't know me. They wouldn't want to know me. I got a lot of baggage. We go to a gym because we're physically out of shape. We're mentally tired. 
A lot of times the reason why we first go to church is because we're spiritually tired. Things in our life need to change. There's a lot of similarities going to gym. There's some things that are not similar. The biggest thing is when you go to a gym and you hire that personal trainer, you have to fit him into your schedule. He, he, if he's available, he'll help you out. If he's not, he won't. When you come to a spiritual gym and you know Jesus, he's instantly your trainer. You don't have to ask for an appointment. You don't have to look at his calendar. He's there. And he will always be there. So Robin, what in the world are you talking about? How are you going to turn this bus around? Well, let me tell you. In Hebrews, we're going to, if you would grab your Bible and go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, if you want to grab a pew Bible, it's page, I believe, 1008. So before we get into that Hebrews 12, I just kind of want to build up what's happening in Hebrews. The, Christian, the Christians in the book of Hebrews faith was faltering. They're going to the gym, the Christian gym, and they've had the ultimate spiritual trainer. But now things are faltering. If you would stay in Hebrews 12, I'm going to go to Hebrews 2, 1 through 3. It says, Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away. For since the message declared by the angels provide to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it is attested by us, by us, attested to us by those who heard. When we go to a gym, we start off all excited and wanting to do, uh, lose weight and build muscle and change things. And there's a lot of energy. But then at some point, things change. When we come to church and we've accepted Christ, things are great. Man, I got a savior. I have a savior of the world But then things change. Priorities change. Commitments change. Verse 1, it says, For what we have heard, lest we drift away. They're losing grip. Their priority is all of a sudden going from, I have a Savior of the world that died for my sins, to I need to go take my kids to the sporting event on Sunday. I can't make it to church. I got something, I got the Ducks, this happened, I got the Ducks playing on Wednesday night, I can't go to the men's group. I want to tell you, our guy showed up at the men's group, by the way, it was cool. Some, some, but it was cool. Um, There's things, our priorities in our life get thrown off kilter. They start taking their eye off of Jesus, and they start losing grip. In Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14, it says, About this, we have so much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull in hearing. 
For though by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles, the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice, constant practice to distinguish good from evil. When you go to a gym, you just can't walk out in with your smoothie and stand there and drink your smoothie and think that you're going to build up muscle, that you're going to create endurance. It takes effort. This church, the, the Christians in, in Hebrews, they stopped putting forth the effort. They stopped working out. They're back to drinking milk. I like cereal milk, but I don't want to eat milk for life. That's what they're doing. And he's saying, what has happened? But solid food is for mature. You're immature. You're not growing. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There is some folks that go to a gym that work out and are good at it. They're very disciplined at it. There are some folks that attend this church that are very good at their faith. They're very confident in their faith. They're very trained up in their faith. And that should be encouraging. But there's some of us that aren't. And we're choosing not to be. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying, laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Here's a message on 6.1. Verse 1. So come on, let's leave preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand work of the art. Grow in Christ. The basic fundamental truths are in place, turning you back turning your back on salvation by self-help, like by going to the gym and doing it yourself, and turning and trusting to God, leaning on your spiritual trainer. They were struggling. They were struggling. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Eighteen, I counted, I might have not counted correctly, 18 in chapter 11, 18 people were mentioned in the cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses, and, and some scholars say that that's just some, and it isn't just those, there's so many of them. And I think we have a lot of people that are, uh, that maybe have, have passed away that because of them we're here. Because of them, you have your faith. 
Because of them, you're able to get through the next day. Because of them, they, they maybe discipled you and showed you how to pray. Because of them, they lived out Jesus and you've seen Jesus permeate through them. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so close, clings so closely. Yeah, sin, right? We know we gotta get rid of sin. But there's a weight also. There's a busyness also. There's things in our life that can take priority over worshiping Jesus. And that's our problem because I'm telling you, if you think Satan just wants to get you to commit sin, you're wrong. He wants you to take your eyes off of Jesus. It said a little bit further down, the author and perfecter of our faith. He wants you to get your eye off of him. I'm too tired. I can't work out. I can't go to church. I can't go to group. I can't serve. I can't share Christ. Well, Robin, that's not my gift. It is. This is God's living word. This just doesn't say for outgoing people. This is for everybody. God's word is for everybody. We all have to run our own race that God has set before us. We have a personal trainer in Jesus Christ that wants to go with us. He wants to run with us. If we have to take a break, he wants to take a break with us. He wants to see us at the finish line. And then you know what happens afterwards? Then you get to become, hopefully, a cloud of witness. And then hopefully if you've done your part in your life to share Christ. But Robin, sorry, I gotta ask myself a question. Lay aside every weight? Yeah. Somebody said, Joseph, was it Joseph? Last, on Wednesday night, John? Was it Joseph that said, if it, if it goes against what my relationship with God, I need to put it down. A young brother in Christ, and we're like, what? You need to put it down. Does, does those things, those weights, do they bear fruit? Do they bear, bear fruit of the, the Spirit? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against, against such things there is no law. Are the things that you're prioritizing over Jesus creating that? Creating love, creating joy, creating peace, creating kindness, patience. Is it creating that? Then you probably could get away with doing it. But if it's not, that should tell you not to do it. There's a lot of folks that don't know Jesus. There's a lot. And there's a lot of us here that could share the gospel. Put aside the weight. Put aside the things that distract us. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So we just get out of Christmas Celebrate New Year, 
And now what? Was Christmas just December 25th? Are we just celebrating the birth of Christ? That's it? Hey, he's here. That's it. I'm done. I got to wait till beginning of December or some people in November to start buying presents again and then just make it about December 25th. The Savior of the world came down and saved us. Is he worth one day? He's worth more than one day. Silent night. Oh, holy night. Is that just on December 24th, 25th? Is that the only time it should be counting? No. I challenge you to use that, use from uh, Christmas until April 9th. Anybody know what April 9th is? Yes, Easter, right? I, I challenge you to use this as your training time. Your training time to get yourself ready because quite honestly, there's not a lot to do that should distract you during this season. There's no hunting. The ducks aren't playing. The beavers aren't playing, right? Um, school's back in. For those that take kids to school, there's, use this as a training time because what happens, did you guys know one of the most, um, what month people go to church the least? July. You know, I have some friends that would, would go to church kind of regularly, about the 2.2 that it says, but then in the summer, they were gone. Because they'd go camping and go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. And then, and then we have, in the, in, traditionally in church, fall kickoff. That's when we expect people to come back to church. We call it fall kickoff. And then they would come back and they'd be like, oh, man. Man, I just miss church. Man, it just things have just been so difficult. But they do it year after year after year. Use this time to train yourself up spiritually. Use this time to create good habits. Use this time to decide if the choices that you're making, the things that are hindering you, are holding you back from Jesus. When you go to the spiritual gym, this is probably how your, your spiritual workout should be. I think this will help you endure. You must continually, I think you must continually, continually work these out. Repent. This means we need to completely give up everything that keeps us from endurance from gaining endurance, it starts with sin. Complete and total repentance means you will no longer follow that way, but follow Jesus. You must also repent of attitudes, busyness, distractions, those weights that wear you down. You should reflect, we should reflect. Take some time, pray, Ask Jesus to reveal to you things that are unnecessary and that are hurting you spiritually. Ask these questions. What am I doing that leads me into sin? Why do I watch this? Why do I listen to this music or this person? Why does this seem important? 
most important question is, to all of them is, does it hinder me and my relationship with Jesus? And then remove. If you aren't willing to remove, you haven't really repented, have you? You must get rid of activities that detract, detract, attitudes that hurt, obligations that encumber, and possessions that demand. Remember, all these things weigh you down. They can and will hurt your endurance. Getting back to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. So what are we supposed to do? Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse two. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand in the throne of God. The joy set before him. He, his joy was God, being with God again. He wasn't worried about being crucified, though he said, Father, if, you, if, you, if it's your will, please take this. He, his joy was doing all of that for you so he could be at the right hand of God. When we are going through trials and tribulations, is there joy knowing there's going to be joy in the morning? At some point, at some point, if Christ is your Savior, at some point, you'll be in heaven. You will have eternal life at some point. This can weigh us down, but at some point, there's a good thing that's going to be happening at some point. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God. So what do we need to do? We need to work out our faith with fear and trembling. One, pray. Every prayer you make strengthens your relationship with God. Ask God for help. Worship as you pray. Ask for insight and be sure to pray for others. Two, spend time in the Word. Like really read your Bible. One of the things that I have to do is sometimes I can't get through a few words and I have to stop and go back because I get, my mind goes off. I'm not strength, I'm not strong during that season. Go back to it, read the word, really read it, study it, hide its words in your heart, memorize scripture, fellowship, spending quality time with others, other followers of Jesus. Join a growth group. There is great mutual encouragement and accountability when you do this. Four, commit to attend worship service either in person or online more frequently this year. Ask the question, what is holding me back? What is holding you back from taking your kids to a game and putting on earpods? Earpods? and listening to a sermon online while your kid's running around chasing a ball. Because let me tell you, honestly, 
Very few make it to the professional level, but a lot of times we put our kids on this mantle and do everything for them, and we sacrifice their relationship with Jesus because we help them prioritize those things as opposed to the relationship with Christ. Jesus first. Five, simply help others through this process. By bringing someone along, we stay committed to the process ourselves. We could be included in that hall of faith. Six, celebrate the birth of our Savior more than December 25th. Seventh, most importantly, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, do it now. Some of us might think we have. If you need help, we can talk to you about it. So here's your challenge for this week. When someone asks you, what did you, what did you do, or how did you celebrate New Year's, tell them you went to the gym, the spiritual gym. And sounds silly? It ain't going to be easy. It ain't going to be easy. Because you'll think, oh, wait a second. I work for this place. I'm not supposed to say it. But if people ask, you can tell them. Don't let Satan tell you otherwise. In our weekly church email, Bruce asks us to pray a prayer. I'd like for us to do that now. you would um, repeat after me bow your head unless you got to look at me while you're (laughs) while I'm talking bow your head and uh, just repeat after me Lord you make all things new can you say it a little bit don't can you say it speak a little bit louder You bring hope alive in our hearts. You cause our spirits to be born again. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for all the potential it holds. Come and kindle in us a mighty flame so that in our church many will see the wonders of God and live forever to praise your glorious name. In Jesus' name, amen.